Tom and Mike. Young, young Thomas. Michael! Boy, you're sounding good. You don't look that good, though, pal. You a little under the weather? Under the weather. <laughs> and You're if, a trooper, though, aren't you? If you're not nice to me, I'm going to be under my microphone, sucking my binky, inside my blankie in the fetal position at the end of the broadcast. We don't want that, do we? The great Thomas Ken has been fallen by, what, a head cold? Yeah, something like that. It's not fun. I thought it was allergies, but... Yeah, we don't want to talk about my sickness. That's right. You're We're always going to be sick in the head. Well, right? Let me ask you something. Now that you've been sick over a couple of days, do you take any solace in playing with your dogs? <laughs> you know, my dogs give me great comfort. And yeah, you picked the right word, solace. When I'm sick, I cuddle up with my doggies. But I don't kiss them. That's what I want At to talk At least on about. the mouth. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah, and that's your story. Pet owners are warned that kissing their pets could spread antibiotic-resistant bugs, and close affection with the dog and cat may be life-threatening. Now, despite these findings, the risk is still low, but owners, pet owners, you need to stop enjoying the affectionate relationship. They don't have to stop, but they need to do things like avoid letting them lick their mouth and nose, and you should wash your hands after stroking the animal. You ever do that? No. <laughs> the dogs never lick your mouth? No. You don't know where that mouth's been, do you? They're probably saying the same thing so, about my mouth. And yeah, well, let me ask you this. Who would you rather kiss, a dog or Courtney Love? Come on, don't answer that. Yeah, that's a tough one. There you go. Whoever cuddles the best, and I'm guessing my dog. Right. Well, you know how they say doctors should stop prescribing antibiotics because eventually they're not going to be worthwhile? Well, it's the same thing with pets. When you give your dog antibiotics, it's causing them to fight this strain, and it passes on to us. And that's what's bad about this. Wow, you know, you're not making the case for having pets. Well, you can have pets, but just be reasonable, you know. See, I thought having a pet was supposed to be mentally therapeutic and positive and all that good stuff, but physically, not so much, huh? Yeah, but, you know, they say it's rare, but it's still every now and then you read these stories about people getting an infection from their dog and they end up having limbs cut off or something like that. But what would you rather do, kiss and hug your dog or grab a germ-infested shopping cart at Walmart? Tell me, Thomas. As long as there's plenty of wipes, I'm good. <laughs> and dogs also carry parasites that they don't get sick from, but humans do. So that's another reason why you should always be careful and, and clean up after, you know, just be you know reasonable like anything, right? Right. You know, sometimes it's tough being married. My wife will kiss the dog when it was on its lap when stuff, but she won't even drink from the same glass as me. What's about that? <laughs> What's about that? Here's yeah. my philosophy about dogs. Handle every situation in life like a dog. If you can't eat it or you can't play with it, just pee on it and walk away, right? That's your uh, philosophy when you sit at the traffic light. <laughs> That's right. Tom and Mike. Now, look. You're a father of three children, good kids, right? But you never had a favor, did you? No. Well, there's this incredibly depressing study they did, and they found out that parents treat their more attractive child better. Experiments show that adults give toys to the cuter babies over ugly ones, and that ugly babies suffer from a significant long-term adverse effect in their life. It claims that adults are instinctively drawn to large, round eyes, oversized head, high eyebrows, chubby cheeks, and a dimpled chin that makes infants appear cute. This is thought to be due to the way that our brains have been hardened by evolution to find these typically infantile features attractive. And here's what's really shocking. They did a study where they observed parents at grocery stores. And researchers found 
that almost 14% of the most attractive kids were buckled in the grocery carts, while only 1% of the kids' category as least attractive were buckled. So parents were buckling in the better-looking kids. Does that mean when my mom let me run all over the store (laughs) and I wasn't buckled in, I was the ugly one? (laughs) Yes. I mean, you know, really, is there such thing as a cute baby? Don't they all look like potatoes to you? Potatoes. Potatoes. Yes. And isn't the ugly ones always turn into beautiful swans later in life? That's the way it's supposed to work. How about these uh, parents? You can tell they don't love their kid that much or think they're the best one because when they fall down, they say, hey, no big deal. Might improve that pussy yours. Hey. <laughs> My brother and I used to always fight about which one liked us better. We'd always argue who's the favorite child. My mother would say, shut up. You're ridiculous. We don't like either of you. Here's how you can tell a parent has had a bunch of kids and they know what they're doing. The first child, they eat dirt. The parent calls a doctor. The second child eats dirt. The parent cleans out the mouth. The third child eats dirt. The parent wonders if it really needs to feed him lunch now. Hey, come on, Thomas. Less and less concern, right? Right. And this isn't going to bother either of us, but it's a study also found that older fathers have uglier children. Older fathers had uglier children? Yep. I'm feeling very insecure. Really? <laughs> yeah, my dad was quite older. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, but with those highlights. Well, I'm a good-looking man next to my bullet, right? That's right. And with that highlight, woo, baby. Those highlights. is all about the highlights. Yes. Tom and Mike. Do you like to barbecue? Love to barbecue. And do you ever barbecue? Do you ever cook pork chops? Yes. Well, I don't know why this is important to scientists. But they found out that for years, they thought that a perfect pork chop would be cooked at 165 degrees. Well, they found out that it is 145 degrees. I don't know how many people have those thermometers. Do you have one of those thermometers? No. That says to be 145, it's best for juiciness, tenderness, and flavor. And up until now, the safe cooking temperature was always 165. But pork must be adequately cooked to eliminate disease-carrying parasites and bacteria that may be present. And for safety and quality... Allow meat, not only after you've cooked it, to rest for at least three minutes before carving or consuming. Because foodborne microorganisms are found in pork, and people can become infected (laughs) with the bacteria by consuming raw or undercooked pork. No wonder scientists can't cure the common cold that you have. They're studying pork chops. Exactly. (laughs) You know, the last few years, we've seen all these recalls with different kinds of fruit, with lettuce. I've never seen a recall of bacon, have you? No, people are going to eat it no matter what, right? Well, but it doesn't seem to have any problems with it, other than it might cause you cancer, right? Right. And let's not be science denier. Heat your meat. You've told me that many times. Let me ask you this. Are your chops humanely chopped? What about that? Yeah, we don't want to think about that. Right. You start getting into that, you're not going to want to eat meat. It is weird about that kind of stuff, because you always wonder, you know, talk about the way animals are killed and stuff, but we still eat that stuff all the time, don't we? See, when I saw your story, I thought you were going to talk about, you know, the proper way to cook a pork chop, not the proper temperature. Well, they say, the you know, the proper way is 145, and... That would be the proper temperature. Right. The proper way would be... Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You cook it fast or you cook it slow. Well, how does Thomas cook it? My wife, she cooks them slow on the stove with gravy and mushrooms. Boy, it's good. And it just, you know, falls off the bone, right? Yeah. I cook them fast on the grill, like 500 degrees, 
and it tastes like a steak. So good. I tried cooking pork chops for my wife one time, and it took too long. The pork chops get getting stuck in the toaster. Didn't work. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, pork chops are like big bacon cookies. Mmm. Bacon cookies? Yeah, they are. You know, women are a little like barbecue meat. They, they look good, they smell good, they taste good, and they slowly kill their men, don't they? Mmm. Mmm. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, are you a Diet Coke man? Or no. a Diet Soda man? No. Not at all? But this story is really informative, so listen up, peeps. They say scientists from George Washington University looked at diet information of more than 7,000 children and kids who favor diet drinks over water. And they found that if they drink diet soda, they consume 200 more calories more than people that drink water. And why is that? Well, although the drinks are designed to be healthier, by cutting out sugar, kids who choose them eat sugar and other things to make up the difference. It's funny you should say that because my wife Karen just started drinking Diet Pop. Right. And she's craving cookies. I yeah. just looked in the cupboard and there's all these cookies. Oh, get her on the treadmill. Oh my gosh. And it's tough because being overweight in childhood means people are more likely to be fat adults with a higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes heart disease and cancer. So it's good to get your kid off the diet soda now. It's always been funny to everybody as this is the stereotype. Somebody goes into a fast food restaurant and they go, give me a Big Mac, fries, and a diet soda. Like that's going to save them, right? Right. I went to an ice cream place recently. Right. And it was like some kind of locale ice cream. Right. And instead of one, I had two. <laughs> you know... This isn't somebody that has just an occasional diet soda every now and then, but people that are really hooked on this stuff, they cause pimples, more likely to be depressed, lower bone density, could interfere with your natural gut bacteria. Diet soda mixed with liquor gets you drunker. Well, that's okay. Interfere with some of your taste buds, high risk of hypertension, bad for your kidneys, and teeth get just as eroded if you're a meth addict. Now, how about that? That doesn't sound too good, does it? I hope my wife is listening to this. You know, think about it. One or two a week, that's not bad. But you're drinking four or five a day. Look out. I'm getting in touch with my wife immediately and getting her off that diet pop. Right. Now, isn't that interesting? Because certain parts of the country, like in the South. They love it. Everybody calls a soft drink a soda. They call it Coke. It doesn't right. matter. Give me a Coke. It's like, give me a Coke. I remember that growing up in the South. Yeah. Everything was a Coke. Even if it wasn't a Coke, I want a Coke. Yep. In the North, especially like Midwest, it's pop. Yep. Where you grew up in Philadelphia, how did you refer to it? Soda. Soda. Yeah. So prim and proper, <laughs> as your <laughs> forefathers, the, the founders of our nation would have done. Yeah. Soda. What about the West? Some kind of foo-foo drink. <laughs> I don't know. They're all health conscious out there. Yeah, they don't drink that stuff. Yeah. So... uh I don't know. The guy that put the formula together to make that stuff was amazing. I mean, there's nothing better than a, you know, pouring a soda over some ice when you're a hot day or something. But ugh, it hooks you, doesn't it? You know what I do to cut down on the calories? I love popcorn and pop. Right. You can tell I'm from the Midwest, right? Yep. At the movies. And I have them put like half water and half pop. Look at you. Yeah, it cuts down on the calories. It tastes pretty flat, though. That's the only problem. But but not as flat as our podcast, is it? Especially today. That's right, buddy. You might be flat, but if they go to our podcast at What's This World Coming To, they'll find you on your A-game. You didn't 90. even give the address right. What's This World Coming To.com. Thank you, Michael. Tom and Mike. Now, look, both of us are not 
social media people. We don't have Twitters, do we? I think I do. I'm not sure. Well, listen to this. The website Gizmodo just did a thing where Chase Bank had to delete a tweet that blamed the average person's financial troubles on drinking coffee out of the house rather than making it at home, which was silly. You know, what's a cup of coffee cost? A couple bucks? Right. So anyway, they deleted it. So it got this website to look at some of the most notorious tweets over the last few years since we've been having tweeters, and they've come out with the 10 most notorious. Are you tweeters? ready? <laughs> the most notorious deleted tweets where people tweeted something, and immediately they had to tear it down. Number 10 was Ashton Kutcher coming out and defending Joe Paterno. Kenneth Cole, the fashion guy, this was during the uh, uprising in the Middle East, the spring uprising a few years ago. They, they tweeted out, millions are in an uproar in Cairo. Rumor is they heard about our new spring collection is now available online. Dr. Phil had this famous one. If a girl is drunk, is it okay to have sex with her? Reply yes or no. <laughs> I never liked that guy, did you? No. <laughs> never. After the New York Times wrote an editorial titled The Gun Experience, conservative pundit Eric Erickson shot a copy of the New York Times with a gun and tweeted it, the picture of it. He had to delete that right away. Our buddy Michael Cohen, he tweeted once, Hillary Clinton, when you go to prison defrauding American perjury, your room and board will be free. And then Anthony Weiner. Can you imagine what his thing is deleted from? <laughs> he tweeted his Weiner. And the company that makes SpaghettiOs for the 72nd anniversary of Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor. Take a moment to remember, because nothing says Pearl Harbor, but it was a SpaghettiO cartoon planting the American flag. That didn't make sense. Now, they were the 10 worst. I thought for sure Trump would take up at least five of them, wouldn't you? I would think. <laughs> but, you know, there's so many. How do you pick just one? I know. All of his tweets pretty much any day blows away these guys, right? Yeah, I'm most offended that people actually follow SpaghettiOs on social media. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, man. When you have nothing to say, say it on Twitter. That's right. And by the way, now that you're following... SpaghettiOs? Yeah. Next time I ask you what's happening with SpaghettiOs, you're going to have the answer, right? That's right, pal. Tom and Mike. Now, how about this, my friend? Down in that favorite state of Florida, just passed a law that will prevent cities in that state from banning plastic straws for five years. I don't know why they do that unless they think that most of the residents down there can only take their meals through a straw. Can't they just roll up dollar bills down there and do that? Straws are very popular in Florida. Listen to this. Tell me if this isn't terrible. 500,000 plastic straws, a half a million, are produced every day and only to be used for a couple of minutes. Isn't that something? Isn't that a waste? Yeah, just like bottled water. Yeah. And pretty soon you're going to think you're going to see these kind of things taking place on a corner. Hey, kid, you want to buy a straw? And the kid goes, you got the bendy kind? Yep, bendy with stripes, my man. <laughs> you know, in San Francisco, they just ban plastic straws, but they still provide plastic needles for junkies. Go figure that. There you go. You know, they told Priscilla Presley, they say, relax, baby. We're only banning plastic straws, not plastic surgery. Ah, uh, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Next time you go to a fast food restaurant, you say, do you want to destroy the environment with a plastic straw or kill a tree with a paper straw. Good point. Good point, buddy. I make these good points. You're a deep thinker, aren't no, you? I am a deep thinker. Well, you know, today was not so funny. It was more informative, right? Yeah, I'm going to be feeling much better tomorrow. You are. Tom and Mike.